This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed. I am sitting here with a wonderful gentleman named Andrew Kalor. That's the way I choose to pronounce his name. Normal human beings would pronounce it how? Kalor! <laughs> so, as you might be able to guess, uh, we're going to be talking about He-Man in the Masters of the Universe today. Uh, Andrew, can you just tell uh, people listening a little bit about like who you are and what you do? You've... Sure. Uh, my name is Andrew Kaler, and... Oh, oh you already knew that. And <laughs> I, uh, I'm a He-Man fan from young childhood. Um, Actually, when and then when I grew up, I forgot about it briefly, and then it all it took was like one tiny spike to remind me just how r- ridiculous all the that entire universe was. Yeah, and then, and then um, it, all it did was just spark in me just this wonderful explosion of of love <laughs> for everything, everything masters of the universe related, and so like over the last. I don't know, fifteen years or so. I've I've had this He Man Renaissance that it's it's very strange to me that that my Renaissance of He Man has is doubled in length from my childhood love of He Man. <laughs> the He Man uh, Dark Times. Yes, yes. exactly. But, so, but uh, so we'll, we'll get into we'll get deep deep into He Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, but you, what is your job? Um, currently, um, full time, I work as a DVD author, designing, um, doing graphic design for DVD menus and the programming of you know when you pop a DVD and what your remote does when you're watching the movie. Cool. Um, and then at the same time, I have been working on independent animation, um, and every once in a while, <laughs> some medium success with. Uh, purposefully bad stand-up comedy. <laughs> awesome. So, like, sort of meta-ironic stand-up yeah, comedy? Yeah, just, just really bad puns. Oh, excellent. Do you warn people ahead of time that yes, you're going to do yes. horrible I, puns? I, 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 try to, I try to make a make a production out of bad puns. I would love to see that. I love uh, stand-up that is, that, that is sort of weird and challenging, but in particular, I love it when somebody warns you ahead of time so then the audience knows that, like, right. okay, this person has thrown a gauntlet. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly, and 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 it, and it always works when the room is full. That's the nice. only reason is because everybody's nervous. <laughs> no one knows that they're supposed to laugh at one-liners when they go to see a, a stand-up show these days. And right, then, and then when when you know there's eight people there, you know, six of them are people waiting to go next. Right, and <laughs> and and everyone is just like. Eh. Uh, in in general, you're like a media guy. You're a big uh, Mr. Right. Science Theater fan. Yeah, like you're a connoisseur of weird, ironic, bad, right media. Right. Yeah. Okay. So He Man is right in your sweet spot. Exactly. Um, sometimes it's weird because I I love a lot of garbage. Ironically, mm-hmm. for some reason, I cannot say uh, with conviction. That I love He-Man ironically. You actually love it. Yes. Yes. So let, let's pause for just a second. Um, for anybody who has never seen or heard of He-Man, what is your basic definition? Like if an alien landed and said, what is He-Man? <laughs> what would you tell the alien? This beautiful blonde man. <laughs> 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 um, 
this beautiful muscular uh, blonde pale man yes. is bestowed upon him a magical power to have the strength basically to do whatever he wants or what <laughs> or or yeah, whatever he can eat cookies for dinner and, yeah yeah. I, yeah yeah or whatever the situation calls for you know he can wedge open a, a stuck door or he can pick up a mountain and throw it into the sun it's whatever he wants there's a little inconsistency in yeah, his strength yeah 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 so that, so this pale beautiful blonde man has the power bestowed upon him to do whatever he wants and in the process he becomes a beautiful tanned man <laughs> who looks identical but no one really is able to tell the difference and he has an entourage of <laughs> <laughs> is that the right word? It's the perfect... It, I never would have thought of it. It's the perfect <laughs> word. Yes, they are just like his asshole friends who like get to hang around with him because well, he's He-Man. they're not necessarily asshole friends. They're, they're all... They're in, lesser than He-Man. They are I lesser feel. than He-Man, but they're bizarre in their own right. Yes. Such as a man... Uh, there's a man named Mecha Neck. And <laughs> his neck is capable of extending about you know, eight feet out of his body. And there's no room in his, in a traditional human torso to to store eight feet of electronics. Yeah, he's got to have a mecha gut too, somehow, magically. Yeah, he's enchanted. And so not only does this man, (laughs) not only does this man have an eight foot neck, he has to have some sort of... uh, He's he's had magic powers put on him right. too. See, so it should it, have been called He Man in the Enchanted Entourage. That would have yeah, been much. Yeah, yeah, it's like pretty much everybody. It's like there's a guy called Manny Faces who has many faces. Right? Yes, of course, and that's how he got his name. Uh, <laughs> actually, there's there's an old there's an old episode of the cartoon where Manny Face or there's a guy who doesn't have a name, but he can switch faces. <laughs> And somehow he's able to fool people. Like he's this giant cyborg human, and in one and, and in one moment he's got a face like one guy, and then the next moment he has a face like a monster. Yeah. But everyone thinks he's a monster when he has the monster face, and everyone thinks he's a friendly guy. But yeah. even though he looks almost exactly ninety five percent of his body is identical, but at the end of the episode he turns good and yeah and and orko says you know we need to come up with a name that that suits his many abilities and his many faces hey many faces but still it, for it's, fuck's sake orko yeah <laughs> but still he's uh um an inexplicable cyborg he has to be magic so that's a good that's a great explanation of he-man in his enchanted entourage so tell us about the villain of the he-man world Oh, Skeletor? <laughs> Ow! Skeletor. I'm... How would you describe Skeletor to somebody who has not seen Skeletor? Okay, imagine a naked man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this naked man is powder blue. Um, you saw him out of the corner of your eye, and so he quickly strapped on a loincloth. Obviously, when you saw he was naked, you weren't looking at his face. So after he strapped on the little purple loincloth, you looked up, and he has a hood with a floating yellow skull in front of him. And you're wondering, how can this person possibly hurt me? And you are never given the answer. (laughs) (laughs) And does he have a voice kind of like Phyllis Diller? (laughs) 
he's he's a little he's a little less raspy, I guess. Yeah. But but um, how would how would you describe his voice? I hate the word effeminate, and so I don't want to use it. But he's kind of in a very nasal. Um, it is kind of there's something that he's like he's like he's like this weird nasal uppity effeminate type character who's just he just wants to dismiss everything around him it's like it's like every time he talks you can just hear the you can hear his hand flying around the air just kind of swatting things away yeah there is something kind of like old hollywood crazy lady about his voice yeah exactly is amazing oh well that's a great description so i'm feeling like I was going to ask you, but I feel like I already know the answer, that you are kind of a fan of the whole thing. The right. action figures, yep. the television show, the movie, yeah, anything the con- He-Man, yeah. you're down with. Yeah. And you have a massive action figure collection, right? I My ma- my action figure collection is a little bit smaller than it used to be. I sold <laughs> off... I sold off my older figures because okay. there's actually a continuing line. They're doing like a, like a retro newish He-Man line. Are they actually new or are they like remakes of the old nope, figures? No, they're actually they're actually making brand new ones. Okay, um, cool. And they're doing characters that were in the cartoon that never had uh figures back in or they're doing they're doing, they're doing yeah, they're doing figures from the cartoon that never had figures back in the old toy oh, line. Oh, cool. Um so I mean, and usually they're very obscure ones like um Icer was Skeletor's friend that lives in the mountains who uh, hurts people with ice. Yeah, well, you know? of course he does. Yeah, yeah. And, or uh, Nephthu, the whatever version of evil Egypt Eternia has. Right, They right. have this guy named Nephthu. Um, and then sometimes there's really important ones, like in She-Ra, um, Hordak was the main villain in She-Ra. Right. And his right-hand person was a witch named Shadow Weaver. And she never had a toy in the 80s. Bullshit. I know. Bullshit. I know. And she's like one of the most popular characters from that show. And so now there's a She-Ra, or She-Ra, there's a, a Shadow Weaver action figure in awesome. the new line that they're making now. And so cool. that's mostly what I collect now because it's kind of an all-encompassing yeah, so you can collect the whole oeuvre of He-Man now in Correct. this new line. Cool. So I want to ask you just some factual things sure. about He-Man to make sure I have them right. Yes. Because like, I like He-Man. I, I was obsessed with it mm-hmm. in, in my youth. Um, is it true that the show originated based on just Mattel taking a survey of what kids wanted to see? Or is that an urban He-Man legend? That's based on what the... That's, that's the toys. Mm-hmm. As to the best of my ability, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, I I made sure to forget everything I knew about He Man before I came here, so that <laughs> so that I, so that no one could hound me if I gave a wrong answer. No worries. Um, but uh, but it was a focus group. Okay. And what they did was uh, they had they had different figures in the room with kids, mm-hmm. and the kids just wouldn't stop putting He Man down. Like, they had toys from other different companies in there, too, like Star Wars and okay. and things like that. And so, they had several different ideas for He-Man. Um, one was, like, a Boba Fett-type spaceman. Kind of armored space dude. And yeah. Mattel just decided, like, hey, action figures, especially action figures with any sort of tie-in are hot. We're just going to make one out of the ether. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think they were trying to do a Conan-type thing at okay. first. Um, but when it came time to really 
uh, decide upon what they were going to do for officially what came later as Masters of the Universe. You know, they had these these different prototypes and stuff. Okay, and the, and all of the kids just picked up the naked Aryan guy <laughs> with bangs. Yeah, yeah. No, I I don't. He looked a little different in the original <laughs> prototype. I think he had horns or something. Okay. I, I don't know, but but like it was weird because there was one guy who had a tank for a head <laughs> that was that was obviously trying to trying to play off GI Joe. Okay, so it was like tank head. Boba Fett, uh, friendly Conan. Okay, and that is who He Man is. He's friendly Conan. Yeah, he's friendly. At least, he's, at he's, least at yeah. the outset. Right before it starts to get weird. Okay, <laughs> so He Man, obviously, <laughs> the weirdest name ever. He's a man, so his name is He Man. Right. Obviously, there are like a million jokes about the gay, not even subtext, text of He Man. <laughs> I mean, it's. What do you think about that? Is that part of its charm? Was it purposeful? What? How did that all happen? Well, it's really funny going back and watching it now because, well, obviously, you know, there are little slips here and there in the cartoon that you can just, like, try to pick up on. But part of me wonders if people are just watching for those kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, it's it, there's, there's an episode of She-Ra where He-Man is a guest star, and Frosta, <laughs> uh-huh. again, fights with ice. Right, like yep. Icer. Yep, like Icer. Yep. Um, I don't know why Frost and Icer didn't get together, but Frost had a crush on He Man, and like she's coming on to him through the whole episode, uh-huh. and He Man is just. <laughs> and, but 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 there's no there's no alternate side to He Man's reaction. It's not like, oh, I'm I, stay away from me, Frosta. But you know he's not right. like he's not like come closer to me. Sweet Bee or yeah. Flutterina. And he had a, a, a at least veiled romantic interest in uh, Tila, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's not even that so much that it's explicitly that He-Man's gay. It's just that sort of like, I think n- nobody who's watching the cartoon as a kid picked up on anything. Right. But then there's just, you know, he is a half-naked guy that kids <laughs> wanted to play with and his villain is half-naked and what... What needs to happen in the narrative is that they put their swords together and it causes <laughs> the castle's mouth to open. Like, as soon, <laughs> as soon as you start digging into it, it's sort of like, even if you're not trying to do, like, kind of yeah. a sh- shitty, isn't everything gay stand-up routine, you keep coming back to sort of, like, uh, phallic imagery and a love of the male form and <laughs> names like Ram Man. It's just sort of like, it just doesn't end you know no, no it's kind of like you know you could make a joke if like one star wars character like well c-3po comes off as effeminate so people make gay jokes but like he-man is like all c-3po all the time there's nothing <laughs> in the text that says that it is anyway gay but it but those that presence is just there so i guess <laughs> i'm sounding very obsessed now no. what do you think <laughs> of all that do you think it was purposeful do you think it no it's and that's and that's one thing is like Hey, I've gone to He-Man conventions, by the way, and I've met a lot of the creators, and I've talked to a lot of the people. And and cool. one and one thing that I always get just being a kid is that the He-Man was designed for children and designed to be a sexual, you know, uh, sexually. <laughs> it, was, it, it was designed sexually. Or? No, I mean, it, it, no, designed asexually. 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 Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and and so there was never any question. I think in the minds of these people who made it. Because, number one, they're creating a cartoon based on toys. Right. And they and cannot... Based they can't, to sell toys. Right. And they they cannot deviate from 
from what the toys are. Right. And they're trying to do what they can with um, what Mattel has given them. Right. And So, like, Mattel had decided this guy's name is going to be Ram Man. Right. And yeah. he's going to be basically a short, angry little penis man <laughs> that you act, you pull his head and he, he pops forward. Yeah, exactly. So, like, Mattel... Mattel did, but these these writers did they realize the sort of the irony or the weirdness at the time? Well, the funny thing is, is that I've talked to a few of the writers who came on a little bit later in the series, mm, who okay. worked on who worked on other shows, and so we're in the second season of He Man, and you know, back in the eighties, seasons were like seventy episodes. <laughs> well, because you know they were syndicated, yeah, and so yeah. they'd be really long, and so you'd bring on writers you know, way later, 100 episodes have gone by. And these are, are people that have been writing for television since, you know, the 60s, 70s. Right, right. And now it's the 80s, and it's a whole new it's a whole new thing because He-Man was one of the first cartoon... Like, it was a really, really new thing that He-Man would punch people. You right. know, it's it's like a whole new genre almost. And you drop these classic television writers into it, and they don't know what to make of it. <laughs> and it's like they look at this and it's like, oh Ram Man, oh it's a joke. I'm yeah. gonna write I'm gonna write this as a comedy. Right. Um there was one guy I talked to who wrote for Laugh In and he came in to write for He Man and he was like What the hell is this? And he writes <laughs> What's what's and he, and he and he writes what's commonly known as the worst episode ever made, which is where He Man has to stop Skeletor from stealing the circus. Really? Yeah. So this guy wrote for Laughing. Yeah. So now I'm just picturing like Castle Grayskull's mouth popping open and <laughs> oh yeah, he's popping up, popping in to make a dumb yep. joke. Yeah. Yep, yep, exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. But, but, so do, how do you think it sits in current? Gay culture. I mean, I, I I have known in my adult life a lot of gay guys who are like, I love He Man because it's just so weird and and has so much gay subtext. It's it's the kitsch, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and actually, that's one weird thing about specifically, you know, growing up in the eighties is growing up with He Man, growing up with stuff like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Is I didn't realize kitsch was anything. Ex- I did. I did, I just. Like, this is what I grew up with. Right. And then, you know, and, and then finally I go on the real world. And it's like, oh, hey, this is all gay culture. <laughs> you know, and, but then at the same time, uh, when I went to the first He-Man convention, which was uh, in 2011, I think. Okay. Where was I've, it? It was in L.A. It's okay. The last three have been in, in L.A., uh, 2011, 2012, 2013. Counting, um, <laughs> and then the next one's going to be in New York, actually. But uh, okay. the, but the last three were all in L.A., so they had people it involved in the creation of the show, mm-hmm. and people from Mattel and people there. Um, the very first year that the show happened, I was like, "Wow, there's a a much larger percentage of the He-Man fan base is gay than I thought." Cool. Yeah, and I was like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe it is, can actually be a positive thing instead of just a dumb joke of her. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, that, and, that's, and that's the thing. Is, 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 is That made me really, really happy to see. And I'm, I kind of want to chalk it up to the kitsch value mm-hmm. and not the half-naked man yeah. aspect. Yeah, well, I, if there's anything to me, there's just a sort of like, like you were saying when we exchanged emails that your basic conclusion is this thing is insane. Yes. I think like sort of the positive side of kind of the humanist perspective to take away from He-Man is, hey, 
Anything goes. We're all just having a party on yeah, journey. Exactly. You, what you want to have a big long neck? You want to be Ram Man? What? Whatever. Yeah. Anything yeah. goes. You want to? You want to be an evil ninja? Yeah. Okay. You want to be a good ninja? Okay. It seems like there are. There's no. There's not a lot of discussion of who is human and is it better to be human on Eternia. There's just a lot of like you're a bird person. Cool. We're still pals. <laughs> like so, it does seem very open and friendly to me. And yeah. Orko, obviously annoying as shit, but people still accept him. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's he's a he's a little kid. <laughs> everyone everyone loves Orko. Uh, he's, he's, Orko made or me maybe mad. Don't. I don't uh, well, well okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, so I wanted to have uh, I wanted to ask you about the action figures that smell. <laughs> so, to to my recollection, I remember two action figures that came with a smell. Yes, and it was Stinkor. Yep, and Mossman. Correct. Uh, so, were those popular? Did they work? Um, it when I was when I was a kid, I had Mossman, but I did not have Stinkor. Um, <laughs> I think you got off good on that. Yeah, deal. no. Well, here's the thing about Stinkor: is Stinkor smelled like patchouli. So the it's literally <laughs> patchouli. That's all it's in Stinkor. Uh, Mossman is pine. He's pine sol. Stinkor is patchouli. And I love the idea that that whoever at Mattel decided what Stinkor was going to smell like was like, oh, he's going to smell like hippies. Yeah. Hippies, you know, hippies are evil. going to smell like, you know, somebody trying to cover up pot. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. So Stinkor is going to reek... But it's also kind of strange that Mossman's going to smell like the woods. Because it's like, woods are good, hippies bad. So but if you could put out a He-Man figure, like an actual, like the character He-Man that had a smell, what would He-Man smell like? If it were up to me? Yeah. Um, probably Popeye's fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that a character trait of He-Man we haven't learned in the cartoon? No, that he just no. fucking loves chicken? No, it just, it just seems appropriate to me. He's always fighting... Um, but you don't want him to smell too bad. Like, right. He, you want him to smell gross but inviting, and that would be, <laughs> and that would be, uh, that would be Popeye's chicken. Oh, that's awesome. That is great. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I wanted to also ask you a little bit about the sort of blatant commercialism. Like, mm-hmm. I forgot how much the cartoon is designed to sell new stuff. Like, if they had a new like ship out or whatever, that week's cartoon was, or that day's cartoon was about. Let's all realize that this ship is the best thing ever. So the whole, I, I forget how much of a walking cartoon it is. So if you also, again, having, if you are masters of masters of the universe, and you could make the characters sell stuff, what new He-Man cartoons would you make, and what would they sell? Well, so basically, what is it, 2014? Yeah. Okay, so we, <laughs> so we have to adapt the old cartoon to nowadays. Right. So Prince Adam is going to be behind the counter at KFC. And someone's going to come up to him and say, give me your best chicken! And he's going to be, and then he's going to wink to the camera, pull right. out his sword, transform into He-Man, and suddenly we're in Popeyes. <laughs> and then he's going to sell Popeyes. So you're all, you're all about the Popeyes. So you think that's the natural branding yeah. relationship? Yeah, for the most part. I think, I think that... And then, and then little by little, it's going to be like... Just it's gonna transition throughout the next hundred years. It's gonna be you know Popeyes, He Eyes, He Mans, and then <laughs> yeah. you think He Man would take over? Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're gonna have He Man destroy a chicken franchise, it should probably be Chick Fil A, right? Absolutely. He yeah, Chick Fil A. Well, well, it, it, well, Chick Fil A would wage war on He Man with their misconceptions of right. So maybe Skeletor would work at Chick Fil A. Skeletor. Well, no, Skeletor is the one who has to be careful. 
<laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm just saying that that I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure He Man's asexual and Skeletor's got, um, I don't know. I, I think that Skeletor's got like a a Quentin Crisp thing going on. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's the only way I can explain it. Yeah, I think Skeletor would uh, probably be open to experimentation. Yeah, no matter what, like he's always he's always trying something. R- what is Skeletor's actual goal. It's to get Castle Grayskull, right? He wants to be in Castle Grayskull. Correct. For, but why? I forget. Supposedly there are secrets in Castle Grayskull. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and, uh, it is just marvelous crap. Yeah, exactly. There are fabulous secrets. That's how that's how Prince Adam describes them in the uh, the opening credits. Uh, fabulous secrets. Oh, that's right. Inside Castle Grayskull. That makes them the masters of the universe because we don't ever see them doing anything particularly masterful. I think the idea they're just kind of having a petty war. Well, in in the to my to the best of my understanding, in the original conception, whoever controls Castle Grayskull controls the universe. Okay. And since the good guys always control Castle Grayskull, you know... They just let everybody like, go about their business. Yeah, unofficially, they're the masters of the universe. Um, <laughs> so they're basically like a really cool principal that's like laid back and like, yeah. if there was a problem in the school, I could come deal with it, but you guys are cool, so I'm just going to chill in my office. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, um, but Skeletor, I mean, he's, well, he's an angry little man. Okay. You know, I I think that. Well, I'm going to go into it here. Uh, supposedly, <laughs> supposedly, Skeletor is the half brother of King Randor. Oh, well. Ooh. So King Miro, who ran Eternia before King Randor, had another baby with a blue-skinned woman. Okay. And his name was Keldor, and so Keldor and Randor are half brothers. But Keldor was born first. Okay. But he's kind of a bastard. But okay. technically, he's still supposed to have a claim to the throne. But he doesn't get it, and he becomes an asshole. And at one point, Randor mortally wounds him. By cutting his whole face off. Uh, uh, Keldor like, throws some acid uh. at Randor, and Randor puts up a fantasy shield. <laughs> which can deflect, which, which, can, yeah. which can trampoline acid off of okay. it onto his face. And so... His face isn't just melting; he's actually dying. Okay, like it's it's, it's not like his face is going to melt off, and then he has to go his, go pray to his ment- former mentor Hordak about saving his life, and then he becomes a skeleton man. Okay, so so he thinks he has a claim to the throne of Eternia. Now, is this He Man fan fiction, or is this backstory? No, this somewhere? is actually this is actually the real thing. And where's that story that you just told me? Where is that told? Okay, so there's the '80s cartoon, right? And then when the action figures came out. There were uh, little comic books. Yeah. And so there are little comic books, and the comic books began to suggest the fact that Keldor was Skeletor and was related to King Randor. Okay, okay. And in 2002, I want to say, it was explicitly portrayed through a really short-lived uh, animation series okay, okay. on Cartoon a, a, Network. A little He-Man Ruby. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Alright, so my next question for you. Why is She-Ra not called She-Woman? Because, believe it or not, she was supposed to be called He-Ra! <laughs> like, was that a joke on Hera? Or, like... I, possibly? 
I I don't now, I don't actually know, but that is literally I that 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 is one thing I can say with certainty is she was supposed wow. to be called Hira, not He Woman. Nope. Wow. And so the only answer I have for you is Shira is meeting He Woman halfway. Which <laughs> <laughs> is a great little outtake. Yeah. Yeah, for a ringtone or something. Okay, so I I. I want to talk a little bit about the the nomenclature of the names. Obviously, like, a lot of them, like, Manny Faces, are a pun. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, like, just the really fun, really ridiculous adding O-R yep. to the end of everything. Just as strong, like your name, Kalor. <laughs> Kalor. So, uh, what is the deal with that? Why did that come about? Did, was that a marketing thing from Mattel's side? Well, the weird thing is, from what I've been able to tell from talking to people from Mattel that have worked on it, is that... Um, the first thing that would come up was the gimmick. Right. They would design the gimmick first, and then the sculptors and the engineers would figure out what to do, and then they would pass it on to, to the marketing. Okay. And so they would always have a working name. Um, like, Snout Spout okay. is, is this elephant firefighter who can shoot water out of his trunk. Okay. And uh, his working name was Hose Nose, <laughs> and he was he was in the oh, He Man he was in the He Man Christmas special. Okay, the He Man She Ra Christmas special, and they called him Hose Nose. But um, in the actual cartoon, yeah. So he, I mean, and actually, he didn't do anything in the cartoon except use his long trunk to put the star on the top of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing even shot from his nose. Yeah, cor- correct. Um, so at that point, hose nose was just sort of redundant. Yeah, and and but then when, by the time it got to marketing, they're like, "Nah, we don't like hose nose. We're gonna call him snout spout." <laughs> and so no lateral move at best. Yeah, exactly. So if you had thinking through what you do for your life, or or what is true in your soul, what is your He Man name? My He Man name? Yeah. Whoa. Um, Skulk or. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you're one of those, those rare characters who's not a villain or a good guy, but you maybe switch sides to Skulkor. Yeah, Skulkor. I, I go in the shadow um, and uh, attempt not to get my pad of, of uh, information stained with tears uh, <laughs> while I spy on the good and bad guys. So you're a spire. Okay, cool. Uh, Skulkor, wow. So if, if there was an action figure of Skulkor... What would your gimmick be? Um, there are actually action figures that are cast in clear plastic that have paint on them that disappears when you get them wet. <laughs> and so the idea is that Skulkor, as long as he's near a pool of water, like I'm speaking narratively now, yes. if, if he were trying to spy on someone mm. and there were a pool nearby, he would just jump in and then he would climb out and he'd be invisible and he'd go spy on them and there are actual toys that can become translucent once you dunk them in water right are there human action figures like that there is one orco figure that can do that oh that disappears by being yes. dunked in water yes. wow that, i think i heard about that when i was younger but it you seems didn't. so counterintuitive to you, me you didn't because it was a san diego comic-con exclusive oh. in 2011 Okay, maybe I'm thinking... I know I had an Iceman action figure who did something like that. Yeah. And it seemed counterintuitive to me to put my precious, precious action figure in water. Well, surely you had He-Man toys and they would get covered in slime. 
So Oh, I never put the slime. No, that pissed me <laughs> off. No, no. I, I was very obsessed, too. And my brother and I would, you know, uh, that was kind of our first creative pursuit is when we were playing with action figures, we would create narratives. And we didn't like it when other kids came over and just, like, bashed them around. And we were, like, very delicate, like... We made choices about how often we moved He-Man's arms because <laughs> we didn't want him to get loose. And if you move the figure's arms too much, they get loose. And we never liked it when, like, just kind of loud, angry kids came over and smashed <laughs> our He-Man figures around. You had to roll an arm check for every, for every Basically, yeah, yeah. You needed to be aware of that stuff. Um, okay, so another thing that people joke about with He-Man all the time is the ch- transition from Prince Adam to He-Man, mm-hmm. of that he walks around a corner, he screams at the top of his lungs, <laughs> I have the power, there's a huge lightning storm, and then he comes back looking almost exactly the same, except for maybe slightly stronger and more naked, and <laughs> nobody knows that Prince Adam is He-Man. What, what do you make of all that? Is that? Was that a joke, or was that just like, this is just weird crap and that's the way it is? As an animator myself, all I can say <laughs> is kudos to the animation team for realizing kids would be too dumb to get it so they could save some money. Because it's the exact same animation yes. every every yep. time, right? Yeah, because all they have to do, like, literally, and this is some behind-the-scenes stuff, they went out to shoot wrestlers fighting and doing walls and other stuff, and the animators would just trace them. Oh, really? Yeah, frame by frame. They would trace them running or grabbing someone and throwing them. And... Or their necks extending 30 feet, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, actually, Mech and Neck is only in one episode. Sorry. Yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> but mostly for He-Man and Prince Adam. You know, they could get one big burly dude right. and film him doing a bunch of stuff. And then they could cheaply trace that. And not only that, but they could film. They could they could animate it with He Man first, and then go back and trace their own drawings um, with their Prince Adam costume. Oh, cool! And so, I never I never thought about it as a kid, and I don't think that any of us were supposed to. No, that was the point. And it was just awesome. Yeah, and and when I go back and watch it now, um, the only reason I'm concerned. Concerned. That's an awful word. <laughs> I'm not actually concerned I have about serious it. Serious reservations. Yeah. yeah. The, the only reason I notice is just just from a storytelling standpoint of how stupid it is. Yes. Is there an in universe explanation, or would you like to make one up about <laughs> why no one hears the screaming and the lightning? <laughs> I don't know about the screaming and the light. I know that the, the point is that it's like no one is supposed to know who he is, otherwise they'd go and try and hurt his family. Right. But, Typical stuff. Yeah. But but every but, episode is about Skeletor trying to hurt his family anyway. Yeah, exactly. And so I have absolutely... It's, it's, it's very... It's never been explained why he doesn't just keep the power. Right. The power of Grayskull should just be within him always. Right. Um, it's... In the new... There's actually a new continuity happening now because of the new toys. <laughs> okay. Um, there are some little mini comics that come with the figures. Uh, and in the future, there's a King He-Man. Oh, wow. He's not King Adam. He's, He's King, King He-Man. He-Man. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's never been actually explained. We can ask Mattel about it. But um, he apparently at some point stops the, the bullshit. And... <laughs> <laughs> 
And, <laughs> I want to hear him scream that. Yeah. Stop the bullshit. Yeah, yeah. There's like one guard over over the hill. And it's like, stop the bullshit. And then the other guard's like, oh, shut up. Shut up. Just let him do it. So is that maybe the explanation that everybody in Eternian knows that Prince Adam is He-Man, and so yeah. they just let him go around the corner and <laughs> yeah. they wait through the lightning and the screaming? Yeah, yep. Yep. Every, every, everyone just keeps it to themselves. It's, it's unspoken. Every, every once in a while, you know, man of arms would go to the bar. And you'd be like, God, Jesus Christ, why didn't he just say it? You know, like that kind of thing. Or so Just put it out there. Yeah, Buzz Off is flying by and he sees the lightning bolt. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> I forgot about Buzz Off. He's That's, a bee, right? Yeah. For fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you had sent me in an email when we were talking about doing the podcast that uh, there's a thing where people are customizing he-Man figures to oh, make sort of art. Yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, that's like that's like a whole like renaissance of well, in the eighties, there would be countries like Argentina would get their hands on the He-Man figure, and okay. they would cast their own molds of different parts of different action figures. Like they okay. would they would put a Thundercat's head on a He-Man body, Jesus. but then they, then they would only paint it in like two colors. Okay. And then they would try and sell it as a genuine figure. Um, and that was really rampant in the 80s especially. You know, mm-hmm. 80s, I would venture to say, you know, was the, the main action figure decade. Uh, especially of, you know, these He-Men type characters. Yeah. Like these, these six-inch tall squat muscle men. You know, they were they were all over the world, right? Because He Man was the biggest thing in the world, and yeah. so everyone was ripping it off, and so they would like, yeah, they would cast their own. And lately, um, in the past few years, um, there have been a lot of people who have been kind of doing their own uh, bootleg renaissance, mostly as a labor of love, okay, but also. You know, trying to make their own, uh, I don't know, comedic point of view okay. apparent. Like, um, a friend of mine made one called Vador, who <laughs> is Darth Vader, but he's on a He-Man-shaped body. Okay, and does he have the helmet? Yeah, he's got the helmet, and he's got the cape and everything, but, but he's shaped exactly like He-Man, but he's called Vador. <laughs> you know, which going back to the the OR, the OR, the OR name. Does he have an uh, appropriate sized head, or is he a pinhead? It, it's no, it's too big. It's too big. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's, it's, it's too big. Comically large. Yep. Or um, one of my absolute favorites is there was this bootleg. I don't know the exact origin details, but his bottom half and his top half, or except for the head, all came okay. from He Man. Uh, his lower half is just solid red. His okay. top half is solid blue. And then that's all from He-Man. And then he has an armor from Beast Man from He-Man around him. <laughs> and then he has an angry Thundercat's head. <laughs> and so this bootleg was unearthed. And someone I know called him Grandpoor. Just because he just looks like this angry old man is just yelling, <laughs> but he looks, but he looks like a superhero who's oh. just super old, just wants everyone to get away from him. He and just then, has like an angry shit face on yeah, the armor. Exactly. Okay, and but he's painted so shitty. The top half is blue and the bottom half is red, and that's it. And because obviously they were just like cast in that plastic, yeah. and and sold for nineteen cents or whatever. And so uh, he went and he made his own bootleg 
modern grandpa action figure. <laughs> wow. And so, you know, is it like a good grandpa then? Well, yeah, yeah, it's a grandpa. He's actually he's got articulation and everything uh-huh. like that. He's like resin cast, so he's not, you know, plastic. But he's but but it's done as um in addition. You know, right. there's only 10 grandpa's in existence. Okay. You know, and they and they and they're sold as art pieces. So, you know, grandpa grandpa comes bagged with uh Werther's originals. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, and, and everything. And so there's, there's a packaging and everything. And so, like, the, yeah, there's a, there's totally um, just this bizarre renaissance in doing bootlegs and then also people doing their own retro toy lines. So, like, for something similar. like the the exclusive Grandpa, mm-hmm. do you think, I would imagine that that's entirely a He-Man market who knows sort of the history that you just described. Yes. Or do you think there are people who kind of, like, approach it and see it out of context and try to find meaning in it for themselves. I cannot possibly imagine there are people <laughs> like that out there. Um, I mean, I have, I, I got myself a grandpa, and he's on my desk at work, and I've had people come to work and it's like, what the hell is that? But there are also people I know who, you know, still have 80s nostalgia issues. Yeah. <laughs> who, would, who would look at something like that and... and and be all giddy. But that's that. fascinating to me to take something that is sort of like the depth of not only obscurity within He-Man knowledge, but also uh, a celebration of the true crap essence. Yes. Of this is horrible. Yes. And what I want to do as an adult is go back and make a sort of beautiful, special, limited edition <laughs> crap. You that's, know? That's exactly what it is. And that's and that's and that's this whole this whole universe of people doing figures like that. Is that generally what the vibe is at the Masters of the Universe uh, conventions that you've been to? That I, it's I a would... celebration of this sort of absurdity and recognition that this was not good. It's split. I would say it's split. Okay. Um, there are people who latch onto it like it were. You know Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, or the people, or the or the people who go to the comic book conventions and say, you know, in issue three, He Man turned into a dog, and right, just sort of obsess on a universe that they can fall into. Yes, and and people who 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 take it seriously, and then there are people who they that's all they see is yeah. just total nonsense. And the whole idea that Masters of the Universe has everything, has magic and robots and time travel and the worst things ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) The most annoying characters and just puts it all together into one somehow coherent mess. Yeah. Um, There are those people too. Cool. Well, let me ask you this. Could He-Man be good? Like... How would you feel if HBO made, like, an amazing new version of He-Man that was, like, good in the same way that, like, modern television, like, Game of Thrones level, this is good storytelling, these are amazing actors, this is beautiful, lush photography and scenery, and it was He-Man set in Eternia, it's about He-Man fighting Skeletor, but all their motivations make sense and are intriguing. Would that still be He-Man to you? There's only one way 
that it would work. It's not a joke. No, I'm, I'm, saying, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm ready for it. There's only one way that it would work, and if it's all taken at face value. Meaning, He-Man says, Hey, Clamp Champ, come with me in, in the Wind Raider, and we're going to go uh, try and uh, stop Skeletor's land shark before it gets to the sands of time, and etc. That's the only way it would work. Like It could be directed any way. Like, I could put up with just pointless, emotional, slow motion, this and that. Like, I could put yeah. up with any of that. Like, I feel like when you describe a show like that, like, that immediately that's, that's what comes to mind. But I feel like um, as long as they didn't make a big deal out of the fact that, hey, this guy can have eight meters of neck come out of him. Right. Oh, before it was feet. But now it's meters. Eight meters. <laughs> so now eight meters of neck can come out of him. So what? You know, we're not going to labor on it. We're not right. going to go into some backstory. We're not going to elaborate on it. Um, like that kind of thing. Like, okay, I'm going to call you Clamp Champ. So yeah, so they would have to keep their ridiculous names. Yeah. But it, like, well, it sounds like the newer cartoons make a little bit more sense. They try to. Um, <laughs> uh the new well, the newer cartoons only lasted so long because uh, Mattel had a hard time trying to relaunch the toys. Right, like they actually more so. The new cartoons were supposed to sell toys, um, even more than the eighties. Wow, because they'd been gone off the shelves for so long that they right, were right. So I had to reintroduce them. Yeah, they were trying to reintroduce them, <clears throat> and they failed. And so the new cartoon died after only a little bit. But at the same time, the new cartoon was cheesy kind of in a bad way. Okay. Where it was um, uh, it was it was really schmaltzy and really um, just just really bad Hollywood cliches okay. kind of wormed their way into everything they did. Like I I liked it just because some cool things happened. Yeah. Like at one point He Man got the shit beat out of him so hard it knocked the power of Grey Skull out of him. Like he got hit like he got hit. That's hilarious. No, like it he knocked man, he... the the shit and the power of Grey Skull out of him. <laughs> yeah. And like they go over and so like Prince Adam is just lying there. Because he got hit so hard. Okay. Um, like that kind of stuff. And like they tried to make it a little bit more serious. It was they tried to make it more of like a a twelve year old cartoon instead of a 12-month-old cartoon. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they try to approach it that way. But I, I, I just still think that... Uh, I mean, and they, they even... Even that cartoon had tried to justify right. certain things. To make logical like, sense. Yeah, of. Fisto. Oh, he's not just some guy with a big metal fist. You know, we have to... <laughs> we have to he has a tragic backstory. Yeah, he has yeah. a tragic backstory, exactly. But, you know, there just needs to be this dude. Like, I can take any amount of, of serious character-based... Uh, drama as long as they don't screw with how fucked up it is that any of this exists in the first place. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, so I feel like I, I think about it a lot. What I learned from watching He-Man, or one thing I learned, is the concept of intermittent reinforcement. In what I mean, because <laughs> that needs explanation, <laughs> is I like the show but I watched it religiously because I specifically liked Merman, and I wanted to see Merman, but Merman wasn't on every episode, and, you know, you couldn't find out ahead of time if he was, so I watched it every day, 
to see Merman. And sometimes at Thursday, I get a Merman reward. <laughs> but then I watch it for two weeks and no Merman. So I, when I think of He-Man, that's my like weird personal mental connection of like what I learned from it, of that sort of that power of like, we'll dangle something you like, and it might be here, it might not, but you'll keep coming back because you hope for that <laughs> thing to be there. Do you have anything, anything like that of like life lessons that you have taken from He-Man that you think about when you're doing other things? That was a life lesson? That, I mean, it was a psychology lesson. Oh. When, when, I lear- when I went to college and learned the actual term intermittent reinforcement and realized, like, oh, that's a thing that, like, people do to rats to study, <laughs> I realized, oh, that was done to me by He-Man when I was a child. Does going to work count? <laughs> Did you <laughs> learn to go to work? <laughs> um... Well, it's, it's just weird because when you were telling that story, like, I used to watch He-Man hoping Moss Man would show up. <laughs> but as an adult, you know, I went back and, and reviewed it and saw, oh, Moss Man's only in two episodes. What the hell was I doing? You know, they were working I, their, their cruel magic on yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, it's going to take me a bit. No, no, no problem. Cut this out. Um, one more time. Definition. Uh... Oh. Just life lessons. Life lessons. Just any. Well, what what do you what do you when you're going through your day as you know an artist a, a author of DVDs? What moments from He Man pop into your day to day life? Just basically being a decent person, right? Whereas cartoons that came after it, you know, I was a victim of the. Hey, He-Man's over. Let's all watch the Ninja Turtles now. Okay. And the Ninja Turtles would have morals like, Hey, don't squeeze your toothpaste from the middle of the tube. <laughs> you know, you need to squeeze your toothpaste from the bottom of the tube. And apparently Donatello is Minnesotan. So, um, and, uh, but, but Masters of the Universe had things that were really uh, all about just... They were really humanitarian. Yeah. I guess. About being a good person. Yeah. Standing up for your friends. And yeah, yeah. Being true to yourself and yeah. all those kind of... You know, or, you know, being able to tell the truth if something bad is happening in your life. Yeah. And, you know, really you know, sad stuff like that. Um, you know, every <laughs> once in a while they would delve into the Orco territory of, you know, I really learned something today. I should clean my room so I can find yeah. uh, my... Yeah, Orco. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Orco. But, um... Uh, but for the most part, I think that the thing that I took away from from the He-Man cartoons as a life lesson was stuff I didn't even realize was a lesson. Yeah. And that's just, I would watch the show, the show would have a plot, the plot would figure into the moral at the end. And it was like, you know, s- someone would say, you know, I got a little bit too greedy during this last adventure. Right. And that kind of thing. Cool. Cool. So I have some questions that I like to ask people about uh, analyzing how obsessed they are. Yes. And like, you, you, you're obsessed, right? Uh, you feel like you're obsessed? The only, reason, the only reason I can't answer with a solid yes is because I know a lot of weirdos that, <laughs> to me, I would say are obsessed. Okay. But, but I guess more than, um, more than... 6.9 billion people are, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. We'll ask you the questions. Do you think about He-Man every day? Yeah. Excellent. Would you wear He-Man underwear? That fit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that fit or are ridiculously large? Whatever. 
I don't even know if I'd wear them if they were ridiculous. If if they were ridiculously large, maybe I'd frame them. <laughs> so you would collect He-Man. Yeah, underwear. I would. I would collect He-Man underwear. I would wear it if it were comfortable. If you went to Target and there was normal your size boxers or briefs or whatever you wear that they were for adults. There's nothing weird about it, but they have a big picture of Grandpa on them. Would you buy them? I would. I would buy them. Um, I would buy as many as it took to replenish uh, my entire stock of underwear, yes. <laughs> Excellent. Would you watch a He-Man marathon with Hitler? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there, that's, a, that's an open-ended answer. Uh, okay. So there, there need to be conditions? It's an open-ended answer. <laughs> Do you think Hitler would get a lot from the morals? Do you think he'd learn from He-Man? Oh, I forgot Hitler was there. I was just gonna watch it by my. He can do whatever he wants. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm. I, I'm too afraid to change what he's gonna do in out of galactic repercussions. Fair enough. Fair All enough. Right. Uh, if someone built a replica of Castle Grayskull, like in the actual world, would you want to live in it? No, because if I built, or unless I built it, if I okay. built it, then yes. <laughs> if someone else built it, then no. Is, it, is that just a matter of pride, or would it creep you out if you didn't know what, what secrets were in no, somebody else's? No, it, it, would, it, would, it, would, it, would, it would creep me out, because <laughs> I, I wouldn't have the deed to the property. I think that's a really logical answer. Uh, you kind of already answered this question, but if like Ang Lee or some like other art house director made a He-Man movie, would you go see it? I'll go see any He-Man movie they make. Okay. I'm, if, if, if it's got like 3% on the thermometer, I might wait till the second run, but... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I'll go see it opening you go, night. You go yeah, see there's, there's anything, no way. Right? No matter how bad it is, I'll see it opening And night. even if it's bad, you'll enjoy being upset about it, right? Yes, I mean, exactly. Like, like yes, that level yes, of... Yes, okay. absolutely. I'm already upset about it. It, does, it, it, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter how good it is. I, I already hate it. You resent its existence, you know? yes. Um, if He-Man appeared on Earth, like a portal opened up in my house where we're talking, and He-Man actually just walked through, how do you think you would honestly feel? Would you be, would you be thrilled? Or would you be terrified? <laughs> I might be regretful about what I've done with my life. Like, suddenly, if I saw He-Man and he was a real person, and I was like, oh, here, I've been idolizing this fiction, I would just be like, oh, I've wasted so much money. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I'd, I'd, go, I'd go meet him, I guess. I'd, I don't have anything to say to him. You don't have anything to say to him? You don't no. have any questions for him? Not really. Yeah. Uh, no, nothing. He's, <laughs> he's, he's not very interesting. So you'd just be like, hey, He-Man. Yeah. Yeah, He-Man in and of himself is not that interesting. It's oh. his world that's more fascinating, right? All, I, I, in all I, his enchanted entourage. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guess his um, Boy Scout attitude is interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, on a psychological level, but nothing that nothing nothing that I care to spend the time asking him about. Well, he's such a Boy Scout. Would you would you invite him out for a drink and just try to get He Man a little tipsy and see what came out of that? Of course. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So I would. Here's where I was going to ask you about the moral. Well, first, is there anything else that you want the world to know about He Man or or your love of He Man? Is there anything that you feel is important? I can sum it up in one sentence. Okay. I unironically love He-Man because it's so shitty. <laughs> Excellent. All. Is that is that your uh, your moral of the podcast? Yes, that's yes, that's my moral. That's my official stance. That's what I want the kids to take home. 
is that yes. you unironically love it because it is shitty. Yes. There, there's something beautiful and pure about that that I, <laughs> that I really like. Uh, okay, so I, I have final questions for people on the podcast, uh, always, uh, that don't necessarily relate uh, to what we've been talking about. If you could force everyone in the world to think one word at the same time, what would that word be? Don't go to Disneyland on March 4th. <laughs> so you would want everyone in the world to think that? Yes. Are you going to Disneyland on March 4th? I, 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 they don't need to know that. <laughs> nice. I really like, that's a great use of that power. <laughs> Just get everyone the fuck out of your way. That's nice. If you could travel back in time and either hug or punch any historical figure... Who would it be, and which would you do? Well, seeing as how we just died today, I'd hug Sid Caesar at some point. <laughs> at some point? <laughs> at some point during his life. You would just surprise him. Yeah. Like He-Man coming out of a portal. Yes, exactly. You'd just be popping up and hugging Sid yeah, Caesar. Yeah, I'd, I'd pop up and hug Sid Caesar. Okay. When he was on live television? Yes, yes. Uh, wait. Oh, that's that thing again where, where I'd be changing things. <laughs> You are a very, very good science fiction fan that you have uh, no, learned I'm that moral of do not change the past. No, I'm not, because uh, there's so many Star Trek episodes where they like, don't change the past, and then they try not to, but obviously they do, and then they come back, and then somehow <laughs> they didn't change the past. Uh, yeah. I Star Trek it. should be shittier like He-Man, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, actually, Filmation did the Star Trek animated series. And then, oh, yeah. And then they went on to do He-Man. So, so, so no. there is a nice little ship connection there between yeah, He-Man and, exactly. and Star Trek. Excellent. And the final question for everyone on the podcast is, uh, and just feel free to answer this, however the spirit moves you, what is happiness? The power of grace. <laughs> That's great. Thank you that very much. That was also a cop-out. How <laughs> is that a cop-out? Because <laughs> uh, I didn't even think about it. Well, that's the most honest answer oh, there okay. is. <laughs> Thank you very much. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, I'm tacking on a little commercial here at the end for my Patreon. Patreon is a new crowdfunding site that's like Kickstarter, except for it's not one big project. You pay per individual thing that an artist creates, and it's ongoing. And the thing that I'm creating is I am writing some comedy blog posts, and out of those blog posts I'm getting new stand-up comedy material, new comedy albums, new comedy books, uh, sometimes material for this very podcast. And this commercial is special because it is He-Man-themed. So my guest, Andrew, is going to say a Patreon-specific He-Man message. Go ahead, Andrew. I have the Patreon! (laughs) Thank you.